Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. On today's podcast, I have a couple that live in a deep, sacred way. They are in a spiritual and conscious partnership, and they have been for 10 whole years. They're married, they run a business together, and they're two people that I look to because they've been through trials and tribulations as a couple, and they've made it through, and they teach about what they've lived through. Their names are Rachel Pringle and Johan Erb. And I'm really excited in this episode, they were very generous. They got very raw, vulnerable, and shared some deep truths about love that really touched me and inspired me in my relationship. So I hope whether you're single or partnered, this inspires you in what's possible in love. All right. Welcome, everyone. Today, I have some lovely humans and also who happen to be friends, Rachel and Johan, Rachel Pringle and Johan Erb. Did I say it right, Johan? You got it right. Is it, it's Herb, it's not Urb or something like very much more kind uh, of. Well, in Estonia, yeah, it'd be Urb. 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 Can you say that a few times? Yeah, good job. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> That's as close as I'm going to get to Alexander Skarsgård, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so um, I've known Rachel and Johan for quite a few years now, and I've been able to see their evolution as artists, just spiritual teachers, practitioners. I'd love to just open up this conversation by hearing a little bit about who you are right now. I know it's a big question, so mm. feel free to enter it however you want. Mm. Oof, that's such a good question. Also, I, I'm going to just, I'm going to mention they're married. They're a couple. I didn't say that. So yes, yes we are <laughs> I would say the thing that arises is the energy of co-devotion. You know, we've been, we've both been in this work for so long and we're so, so dedicated to, to serving with it. And we've kind of been doing it separately, but alongside of each other. And now there's this really beautiful convergence of, of coming together that feels really juicy and has been such a, an expansion point for me personally and has created like a, a deep sense of spiritual eroticism that I've just been like swimming and bathing in and like luxuriating it that I'm <laughs> I'm nodding my head here just going <laughs> like mm-hmm. yes, like that you. is not a problem for me <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and I would add to that by saying that What's really blowing our minds, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the daily, and we we do our gratitude practice daily, so it comes up daily, which is we're 10 years in, more in love than ever, best sex we've ever had, obsessed with each other, can't get enough of each other, literally like are like, how can you schedule alone time, you know, uh, just the two of us. And yeah. and I didn't even know that that was possible yeah. or existed. You know, how can you be that you are in a relationship where the trajectory is going up, right? And you're spiraling up. And I'm not in any way suggesting that we don't have contractions, but all of those contractions now we realize lead to expansions. Mm-hmm. And because of it, we get excited about it even when they're happening. We get into gratitude even when they're happening. And so the the ride of it 
feels very different in its quality. Mm. And and so the respect and the honor and the the sanctity, as well as the play and everything gets to grow uh, from this place of of whatever this is. Like yeah. I'm just like Rachel was saying, co-devotion and deeply honoring each other. And so I'm just blown away to be the person who is in that relationship <laughs> and who is just like i can't believe it's happening you know it's like it's because that's not my imprinting that's not what yeah. i grew up seeing anywhere around me certainly not in my family so it's i'm just grateful and excited to be here yeah so i love that and i want to hear how you got here because i know that it hasn't always been this and it's a beautiful thing to just highlight for the community is like we're in this beautiful, deep, sacred marriage partnership where we're actually getting better as the days go by, not getting worse. I imagine you have traversed many a trial in order to get here. And I I also imagine that people might look at you. I mean, I know a little bit of the inside scoop, so I may not be one of these people exactly. But I imagine people would look at you and go, you guys are gorgeous. You live this like shiny life, like what could go wrong? Like there must, like you're perfect, right? So I know from knowing a little bit about your journey that it's not all like that, that there are things that you have gone through that have been difficult, that haven't necessarily been Instagrammable, glossy, beautiful. Um, so let's let's look back and, and talk about how you got here. Like what are the challenges that you all had to face as a couple in order to arrive here personally and together? Because I imagine there you both had your own journey to reach this point where you're actually experiencing this blissful co-devotion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing that first pops into my mind coming from what we just expressed, which is this interesting thing of being like when you first get into a relationship, there's there's almost like this merging of two and you can sort of dis disappear into each other. And I will speak for myself that I definitely lost my individuation through that process. You know, I think that the part of my like identity as as the being was like, I'm going to love this person open. And even if that means taking the the focus off of me for a second, which obviously creates its own complications. And then I think somewhere through the years, then you want to individuate again. And that creates like, I'm in my own independent person. And that came through, you know, discovering our sexuality and, you know, experiencing infidelity on both, both sides and really like cracking this beautiful shell of like rosy colored glasses of like, we're so in love, but we're really not fully expressed. And I would say that mm. both of us would, would count that as a, a, a powerful, profound moment of our relationship of realizing, oh, wow, we're both lying to ourselves and therefore lying to each other. And because our, our individual paths are so devoted to evolution and awakening and discovering ourselves that it was such a, a such a like grand moment of like, whoa, wait, actually like who am I because I disappeared into this relationship and I was just who I thought you wanted me to be or who I thought I was supposed to be or who society tells me I'm supposed to be in relationship to get the love that I want and through that you know sort of massive rupture which was at right exactly at four years it was a disintegrating of our individual identities and our identity is who we are as a couple and this birthing process of like 
who am I in my like, fuck yes, like empowered woman calling my partner forward, being in my boundary, being able to say no specifically, I'd say for me as a woman, like being able to, to own my own boundaries, which I didn't even, I don't think I even knew how until I was in this relationship. Mm -hmm. I would add to that by saying that in the beginning, um, you know, personally for me, I, was certainly testing Rachel a lot. I was I was not unsure that she was she was who she presented herself to be because <laughs> I'd been in previous relationships that were very very traumatic and uh, challenging. And and you know uh, looking back and what I know now you know as a teacher as a coach it's like I was trauma bonding. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. that's that I didn't have the awareness at the time that, that I was literally trauma bonding, and then. What that means is I was I was, you know, attracted to wounded birds who needed fixing and, you know, that I could actually never fix. Uh, and then, you know, I wouldn't have to look at my own stuff and my own shadows, uh, my own blind spots. And whenever the light turned on me, I'd be like, I don't have any blind spots. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, and as an avoidant, I would just create more distance and you know, it would never get anywhere. Right. And with Rachel. She, if we talk about avoid, you know, attachment theory, she's a secure, and and, and me being uh, an avoidant, she just relentlessly loved me, even though she was being a, you know, in in sort of a not nice way to say, it, but it's like a doormat. Right? Yeah. She really wanted wanted my love so bad that she yeah. was willing to put herself and her needs aside. Because she really wanted this relationship to work, which then yeah. made me resent her. Yeah. But I didn't know how to speak to it, really. Yeah. But it mm. made me also not trust her because yeah. I was like, well, what is she trying to get? Yeah. Right. What's going on underneath the niceness? And I was waiting for the other shoe to drop forever. For like five years. Yeah. And, uh, and you just kept being nice. Did. You're like, no, really, I'm just nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, I, you know, if, if I whenever I describe, tell us, tell us about your wife. I'm like, OK, two words relentless love yeah relentless love right and she loved me open however yeah. just going back to the story it's like we really got to play out some of the yes. the traumas and the the deep-seated sort of drivers in the unconscious that were present that we weren't even aware of and through the process that rachel was was describing before you know in retrospect looking back at the the events that led us to where we are now and to those big ruptures we literally cast the right people oh yeah the right ingredients yeah the right everything in order to have the the rupture that you know the poop is sprayed everywhere <laughs> so loudly and it smells so bad that it's literally like you can't okay wait wait wait, wait wait you got to tell us one of those because we have no reference point give us a poop spray rupture moment uh i would i would say the the you know, we were experimenting with being open and we had sort of experimenting, experimented loosely. We'd had a few experiences and Johan went away to shoot a movie and he fell in love with his co-star. And oh, it was God. just Isn't that everyone's yeah. worst nightmare. Yes, it is. Exactly. Your partner, goes, your partner goes to whatever it is. There's always going to yeah. be some. Oh, gosh. How did you with that? And, you know. You know, the thing that's so speaking to what you just expressed, my love, that is that I don't think I've ever spoke to, which I think is so amazing, is 
when he went away to do this, I had a visceral intuitive feeling. I'm like, this is big, you know, and it was, and I, I felt it. And because I am the partner that I am, I, that first week that he was away, I prayed every single night, literally, I kid you not, that he and this woman would have the most insane chemistry to make the movie what it was. Like I went to sleep wow. every night, like, yeah, praying because that was my intention. And and I, you know, it's all your fault. <laughs> and years, you know, or or time later, I re I recognize that why I created that and to give the full spectrum for the listeners, like it wasn't like Johan was the only one, him doing that and, you know, eventually falling in love with this woman, sleeping with this woman also gave me the full push permission to also go have my first experience with another man. So in as myself as a creator, I recognize in my niceties of the way I operate in the world, if he hadn't fallen in love, quote unquote, and and slept with this woman, I don't think I ever would have given myself permission to actually go that far with another person because I was so devoted to creating love and connection with us. So like now outside of the rupture, like it was so divinely orchestrated. It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. But that was a poop spray moment. It was like, oh my God. Uh, that, was a, that was a poop spray moment. And you know, the further iteration of that, which is the initiation part of that moment is when we really had the moment of like, are we going to make it? Yeah, right. right. And, That's, and, yeah. The moment was, and the moment was. And we had just gotten engaged. I was yeah. going to say, were you married already? Okay, just got engaged. Yeah. And, and Johan, you're like, let me, let me propose to her. And then let me just go have a little fun. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me just test it. Let me total, just test total it. Dissonance. Like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it, it's like several things happening at the same okay. time. Like, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. shadow and light no yeah it's, so good. it's, it's, it's well put and so taking us a little bit further in time when we really had our come to jesus moment of like are we going to go forward and like coming for the first time fully becoming fully expressed yeah. with okay this is what i've done i you know i cheated i i have these thoughts that we're not going to make it we're not um uh, going to be we're not you know uh, i the things that I'm making up in my head is like, we're not supposed to be together or we're not going to have passion. We're not going to have, we're this. not satisfied sexually. Yeah, like, this was yeah. also like before we knew about conscious communication. So was, we were literally like in the mud yeah. covered in poop, you know, <laughs> getting just like, it was just a shit, full shit show. We did a great fucking job. And, and to give us props. Yes. Like you held me through my process of essentially dying a death of falsity and becoming completely fully expressed like i was like i'm gonna just say everything yeah and not hold anything back and see what happens because i can no longer live unexpressed it's too painful it's too awkward it's it, it, i don't want it anymore and she held me like a total queen through that process and then i in time got to do the same for her yeah you know, I was in my process of like not knowing if I wanted to be with Rachel or with this other women or both of them at the same time, like spending, you know, splitting my time. Like I was just, and the beautiful thing about Rachel was she was like, not a no to anything. She was like, okay, let's be in an exploration of what does that look like? Mm -hmm. What is that? Okay, that's interesting, you know? And so she didn't shut me down. She didn't shame me. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. didn't blame me. She didn't wrong me. 
And and in in those moments, that was so healing and so powerful because she could have easily walked away, made me the bad guy, not taking any responsibility on her end for anything, which I think we see a lot in relationships. Yeah. If somebody cheats or somebody watches porn or somebody does something that is you know outside of the sort of the contract, so to say, in the shadows, we are so we can so easily go to shame, blame, guilt. Yeah. Not take any responsibility, and Rachel yeah. really uh, was like, "There's a." I also had a part to play in this, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like so powerful mm-hmm. for me to receive as a man, and to come even further and further forward. Um, and to ask the question, like, why? You know, like, why? Why did you do this? Not, not you did this, but what was the deeper layer? And especially, and same for me. Like, I. That's what I think was so powerful for both of us that we're both seekers. And so I really wanted to understand because I knew that there was a disconnection between us from from that point forward. And so when we got to that moment, it was like, ah, this is the key to true intimacy to get to the nitty gritty of like, why did you do this? And it was, you know, it came out of like, he didn't feel fully seen. He didn't feel like I could fully heal him. He he didn't feel like I could match his, his youth or his trauma. And then I didn't feel like he could meet me in this way. And like, we finally got to say all of the stuff that was underneath the surface. And it was so incredibly freeing to like, take the fucking weight vest off and be like, oh, uh, you know, there's a deeper layer to that. And I think in that moment to what Johan ex- is expressing, and I remember because it was like right upstairs, all those moments, it was like, I never faced what was being said. I wanted to know where it came from, mm. you know, like the emotion. I recognized specifically in those moments that the stuff he was experiencing with me, with this woman, with every past relationship came from his relationship with the feminine as a whole and that it wasn't about me it wasn't like he did this to me he did this to himself and could I take myself out of it and really be there for that exploration and I think he did the same exact thing for me and to hold each other through those moments when we were basically in love with other people was so profound and and moving of like we're really here for the fullest expression of our of our love whether we're together or not mm-hmm. um and it broke all of the sort of illusions that i think we carry as humans and especially in relationship wow wow rachel how did you face those moments i know johan just mentioned that you're secure so you're a unicorn and we all bow to you in this wild world <laughs> you exist um so i imagine that that whatever internal security you had contributed, but I would love to hear more. Like, how did you face that time where you're living with your fiance and you're like, I don't know where this is going. Is the life of my dreams or the relationship of my dreams slipping away? Like, is everything going to get turned upside down? How did you withstand those moments? There's, there are three specific things. One is I had incredible support. And what I mean by that, and I want to speak to that is like, I was very particular about who I spoke about this with. And it was really only a handful of people that from my perspective, wouldn't project their own fears or discomfort around this subject onto me that would just give me this free space, you know, moon being one of the biggest ones. I mean, she, everybody, you guys know moon who's been on the podcast before. (laughs) 
No, she so was, also you guys know we have a very, very large community of people. So she could have spoken. I to, could have spoken to. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. like, and I was there was something. Yeah. I'll say actually, there's four things. One was I was being guided by the divine. It was like there was a voice inside of my head that kept on saying, "Trust, and all will be revealed." Two, mm. I chose the right people. Three, I was also getting something that I wanted. Mm. Which, you know, I was having this experience with this man and with this woman that was opening me up to myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what Esther Perel talks about. It's like, you know, when you're when you're cheating or when you're going outside of your relationship, you think it's about the other person, but it's really about the version of yourself that you're meeting for the first time or that you forgot about. And I was experiencing intimacy and eroticism in a way that I hadn't before and was so exhilarating because it was intimate and between Johan and I, because he was withholding this part of himself, we couldn't get to yet. And Mm. so I I was so like turned on myself and I was getting this, like I was experiencing, you know, I returned to, you know, yeah, this like erotic, like un unabashed, unfiltered, unapologetic part of myself. And was in my, I remember him coming home on our four-year anniversary. And I was like, I'm going to go over to this person's house and go hang out with him. Do you want to come? He was like, no. And before that I would have stayed with him. And I was like, well, I'm going. Mm. And wow. That was huge. And then the last thing is, is that that was also like the very beginning of me building my business. Right. So it was a year and a half into to Wild Woman. And so I just thrust all of my deep emotion into my work. And I was having workshops all the time. Moon and I were working on it. And so I could create, you know, sort of art out of this painful moment. It gave me an avenue, not just in him, but for myself. And it was, uh, Mm. that combination was like incredible. Mm. Wow. I love that. I love hearing that part of the story and just that you were experiencing your own awakening. And also that, that piece about whatever he was withholding or scared to share with you and vice versa, that that was revealed. Um, How did you guys repair from that? Imagining that there may have been some trust broken or like, did the foundation feel like it got a little wobbly during that time? Like what was the repair process like? First, I want to speak to just at this last point, I, Rachel was saying that number one was the divine. She heard the divine guiding her uh, the whole time. And it was the same for me, which was really interesting because at the time I was also, uh, I was using Hape as a, a, one of the meditation modalities for myself. And whenever I would do Hape or Rape, as some people call it, I would literally hear the divine speak to me. And to me, the divine speaks to, uh, she's a woman uh, or feminine. And she would just say to me over and over, she's like, just trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. This is all happening for a reason. All of this is by design. Just trust me. And I would share this with Rachel. And I was also share this with this other person. And and that was like one of the, the things. And again, I want to go back to like the power of having a practice, having the you know meditation breath work whatever else you're doing each day to to connect yourself with the divine yeah 100%. connect yourself with with the, the inner world and and be able to hear right not just project but hear and listen and uh and so for us that was such a monumental thing that 
individually and together we were getting that message yeah the divine literally not so subtly at all being like yo this is a, it's going according to plan even though there's poop on the walls like <laughs> you're in the mud it's smelly you're dying you know feels like you're dying a death it's all part of the plan and so i wanted to speak to that yeah yeah that was, that was huge well and i think that to to that question that you know it took a long time to repair yeah. It wasn't a quick experience. It took us years. years to get to where we are. And and that process was deep, dark, shadowy as fuck and has led to this space of complete respect, devotion and adoration. And through that, as to what Johanna is saying, the basis of our entire relationship is our practice, you know, and I think being able to to come to that place every single day together and to work our shit out, which is, I believe, like the washing machine that gets everything clear so that you can say what's actually there versus just like the shit that's on top. And we had to, we had to work through a lot and it took, you know, I hear people say this a lot, like we processed for a long time, for like years and it was big, long talks and it was lots of crying and it was, you know, our opportunity, I would say, to work through our own childhood shit that was finally coming to the surface because we're both very positive, grateful, joyful human beings. And, and like we just walked each other into like the eye of darkness and we're like, all right, well, let's just sit in the fire together and talk about all the shit that we're really afraid of. And it mm -hmm. definitely took me a long time to trust him again. And I recognize one of the most powerful moments and it was actually Layla, Layla Martin, who came over for dinner and helped me grasp that. And I'm so grateful for her. That was, that was like, trust is a choice and it's not his choice. It's my choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was showing up, but I could allow the playback of what happened to rule the rest of my life. And in that moment, it was like, I need to, I need to remember my, my, my way of being, which is you what you believe you perceive right mm -hmm. so what am i going to focus my energy on to, am i going to focus on how he's showing up now or how he showed up then you mm -hmm. know when he was in the darkness and and i was in the darkness and and making that shift and just choosing to trust him and choosing to stand in who i was becoming versus allow him to see me as my past version it was like it was deep deep cathartic work and i wouldn't trade it for anything Mm. I would add that I would say that, uh, you know, in retrospect, again, we realized that that was the initiation that we needed to have in order to be who we are today. Yeah. And in order to be able to also guide other folks through their darkness, but knowing that we've been there. And we're yeah. not just like, it's not stuff we read in the books. And these experiences were the things that led us to the books, that led us to yeah. the deeper and seeking a deeper understanding. And, you know, creating our own languaging, creating our own methods, as well as utilizing other methods that have been already created and synthesizing it. And I would say that one of the biggest things that we did is that we made a commitment that however small or big, however seemingly insignificant, whatever it is that's, that you are feeling or a part of you is feeling or a part of you is creating, you are going to speak to it. Yeah. And and with the full awareness that in the beginning, it might be a thousand things a day or it might be, you know, and it might be so silly and so uncomfortable, seemingly silly, like mm -hmm. 
I'm not even supposed to be feeling this way. Why am I feeling jealous or angry or shut down or frustrated right now? Like, I'm not even going to speak to it because it's just, you know, that's what the mind normally does. Yeah. And we commit it to. And I would say, I'm going to add that, doing that with full responsibility. Yeah. Right. Without Mm -hmm. blaming or shaming, but taking responsibility for the for the stories that we create in our mind. Right. And, and that was, and now we're so in that flow and it, it is, it's such an incredible process to, to what I would say, like, we like to jokingly say, like we out ourselves, like this is what's happening in my brain. And I know that that's my, my brain isn't me. You know, it's not like my spirit or my soul. It's just like the, the information that I'm gathering from my childhood and from my past relationships, from my schooling and like from the past to hurt and like compiling it into this crazy story that has no legitimate, like <laughs> truth to the moment. And that through that process of doing it over and over and over again was like, Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't need to be a victim of my mind. Mm. Yeah. That we're not our thoughts, yeah. you know, we're not our thoughts and we're not, um, and when we, when we speak to the, the, those little stories that get created, they immediately transform and dissipate Yeah. and then becomes free energy and, and, and intimacy begins to flow again and connection and trust and safety. And we're so deep in the practice now that it would be weird not doing it. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will you language how you would out yourself? Like say that happens, like say you wake up and you have a thought, like one of those, you know, little distracting past, whatever thoughts, um, how would you language that just so we can hear it? I think that I, I'll speak to a moment we just had last weekend, which is, you know, I'll, I'll I usually basically say that I say, Hey, I just want to out myself yeah. I'm witnessing this part of me that's making up this story. And I just want to preface this with, you didn't do anything wrong. You were in the like the complete boundaries and agreements that we made. Nothing you did was wrong. Everything that I'm experiencing is coming from a, a trauma or wound from my past that I'm noticing is flaring right now. And I need to just express it so that I'm I'm not like pretending it's not there. And and here's what I think could create even more safety and trust going forward. Because mm-hmm. then he doesn't feel like I'm putting it on him. And I'm just like, I'm having this thing. Cause, cause I believe that's what trauma does. Like, and we can feel it in our body. Trauma is such a visceral thing. Like you can feel it swell and you're like, Ooh, that wave of anxiety or of pain or of, you know, whatever it is, is rising in me. And he, and to be able to see with awareness, like he did nothing wrong. Yeah. If I'm, if I may simplify yeah. Because that, that was a mouthful. Uh, to, that was a lot. Uh, and that's masterful and beautiful, my love. I think to simplify it uh, would be, hey, babe, I'm witnessing a part of me totally in contraction right now or completely creating this story, this narrative right now. That is this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm witnessing a part of me create a story because now you're twice removed from the actual feeling. Yes. So the, your partner or the person you're speaking with doesn't feel blamed or shamed. You're owning this. And you might even say, hey, I take 100 percent responsibility yes. that I'm feeling triggered right now or a part of me is triggered right now. And I'm witnessing myself create this story and narrative. And I just wanted to share it with you. As a part of you feel the same way or, you know, are you, what are you experiencing right now? And so now we're, we're speaking about things once or twice or thrice removed and it doesn't feel like life or death. It doesn't feel like we're going to go into our trauma brains and need to be, you know, either shut 
down to run away or faint or freeze or you know it's just like it, it's so it's seemingly simple and easy but it's no one's teaching us that in our this. culture yeah. unless you specifically seek it out which yeah. is so crazy yeah. oxymoron Hi, everybody. Quick interlude here because I want to tell you about my group Radical Awakenings. It's an online community space for wild women, for smart women, for women who love to engage in spiritual practice, who don't go to traditional temple or church, but want to create their own temple space where we can practice embodiment and ritual, where you can stand in front of the group and ask questions, feel your feelings, express your rage, your grief. We can laugh together. We can write together. We can speak and pray in the way that we know in our bones how to do together. So I've been leading spaces like this for a very long time. My first women's circle I led back in 2002. I'm super devoted to creating safe and sacred spaces for women to come together, to play, to express, to embody, to feel, to grieve, to open, to inspire each other. Sacred sisterhood is super important to me and not in some let's fix each other sugar-coated dress all in white ver version of spirituality. Of course, you know me. That's not how I roll. The women that come to my programs, they're smart, they're change makers, they're visionaries, they're crossing thresholds and initiations, they're going through dark nights of the soul, they've got tattoos, they've got babies, they're birthing books, they're making radical changes in their lives. Of course, you don't have to have tattoos or babies or books in order to be with us, but all are included. We are a beautiful motley crew of women who have one sacred goal, to come together to honor these bodies, these hearts, to honor our spiritual practice day to day, not as something we just do on a yoga or meditation retreat, but something that is incorporated and integrated into our lives. We bring rituals into the homes, we make altars, we live by the stars and the moon, we live by the cycles, and we come together to reclaim something that we know to be true. So I would love to invite you to the next iteration of Radical Awakenings. We meet twice a month and you get the recordings if you can't attend live. We have all kinds of bonuses included in the program as well. So look in the show notes. There's a link to join, bring a friend. We would love to have you, to hold you, to be with you as we all continue to walk this wild and weird human life together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, I feel like I've heard that from you all and other friends. And I, I, I don't know. Is it a Brene Brown? Does she also say the story that I'm telling myself is? Brene Brown. Yeah. Brene Brown. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. And I find that. I find that useful. I find that useful too. Moon is really good at that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Moon is like... I started practicing this with Johan and Moon at the same time. You know, I, like mm -hmm. I think that's another thing to sort of touch upon. Is like this is not just couples work. This is how we get to be with everyone because we all are operating from this space of like 
stories, you know, and like we're we're incredible at making up stories. We're the best. You know, we're so detailed, we're so um intricate with it because that's our that's the, the uniqueness and magnificence of our beingness. And when we can, as Johan is expressing, talk about it from this removed space, we're we're in on it together. And we're sort of both like investigating like, oh, what's this interesting thing that we're both like, ooh, let's like get into it. And then it's um, then it can reveal its true magic because I, I believe it's meant to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so I want to talk to you all about a little bit of a pivot um, from the relational into how you both found yourselves on a spiritual path and what your main influences are and were to create that path that when I first met you all, I think you were maybe both kind of moving into the path of being a teacher in a certain way um, that you had both been students and practitioners and seekers for a long time. So I'm curious about, obviously it's a big question. And I mean, we could all write a book about our spiritual journeys, you know, but I'm curious how you would put it um, into something here and now where we could feel you and what called you forward first onto your path and then at that juncture where you're like not only is this my private path between me and god goddess divine which is what Johan always says which i also say and love <laughs> but that juncture of not only have i found myself on a on a path which in itself is such a big deal right so many beings don't wake up or don't find themselves on the path they do find themselves in the path and it's very scary. They're ostracized from their families. They feel like freaks. But then to further go, no, we're going to step out publicly as leaders and as helpers to other souls. And I just love to hear about a little bit about that journey. Um, the thing that like, I love the way that you articulated that. And the thing that like first comes to mind, because I've been asked that question, but so many different ways. And what it brings up in me is you know, my personal path was how do I be an empowered, embodied, sexual, sensual woman in the world and not be ostracized and not be, um, you know, like have, you know, knives at my back because that was my experience as a, as a child. It's like I was always empowered. I was always embodied that I've been that way since I was a child. And then, and through these experiences, when I was young, it was like, I recognized this isn't, accepted you know people don't like this I don't know why you know and that's what thrust me into that experience really and truly was like how do I how do I be this and it be okay because I know that it feels good and I knew that part of that for me was always uplifting the people around me I'll speak I'll speak specifically it was both men and women but like women you know when I first started modeling which is at a very young age like I'd invite all my girlfriends over and like dress them up and take photos of them so they felt empowered and beautiful so that it was okay for me to do that right mm. that was always sort of the thing is like how do I empower the people around me so that I can just be who I am which is I like to run around naked I like to be you know and and like even though I'm a, I'm a very like nude oriented person, I would say when I'm naked around people, it's not a sexual thing. It's just me in my natural habitat. And I wanted to figure out how that could be okay in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then through really the, the bigger aspect of it was, 
you know, I found yoga at age 12 and that got me into this, this deeper layer of like my body and my breath and dance was such a huge part of my life since I was like six years old, learning how to use that. And then really getting with Johan, it was like really giving me a platform to explore my sexuality. I just got the, the, the deep awareness that if I'm having this experience, other women are having this experience and it goes that team directly back up to that youthful thinking, which is if I can empower and embody women around me to be at their highest, then I am allowed to be at my highest as well. And I just wanted a safe space to be all of me really and truly, mm. you know, it's like, can I, can I just, can I just like, I want to have these conversations. I mean, we've had them. I want to know myself sexually and sensually and erotically. And like, I want to know myself and we need safety in order to do that, not comparison or competition or victimization or like being pinned against each other. And I experienced so much of that in my like middle school, high school days. And I like, I was so confused by it. I was like, I don't understand this. So I, I guess I made it my mission in a way to to create selfishly a space for me to be at my highest. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was being uh, separated from my family, living in Finland, uh, having left Soviet Union, uh, feeling very depressed, disconnected. Um, ever since I was a little kid, young kid, one of my earliest memories I remember is is feeling out of place, out of sorts. Even when I was living in Estonia, my family was around me. I still felt like this human experience was somehow weird to me. And I was, everyone else was like, yeah, I'm this human being. And I was like, huh, really? <laughs> and so that was sort of always with me. And then when I was living in Finland as a teenager, I, I really struggled with my mental health and depression and suicidal thoughts. And um, I was trying to find a way to cope with it. And so, I, you know, I would like hug trees. I would uh, talk to nature. I would um, find solace um, in, in sort of some sort of, a, you know, I was grasping for spirituality, essentially. And I started to, to meditate, which I didn't even know I was doing. But I would just sit with my eyes closed in, in the bed at night and I would start to meditate i had an out-of-body experience shortly after when i was 15 um uh, where my spirit left my body and flew around and came back in <laughs> and i was like okay uh, obviously there's something more to explore here and, and then i got into reading sacred texts i read at 15 i read dr ching bhagavad gita dhammapada and i remember when i was reading lao tzu Dr. Ching, I was crying and laughing at the same time because for the first time in this lifetime, mm. I recognized something. My soul, my spirit recognized something as the truth mm. that gave me, you know, any of you guys have read the book. If you haven't, please read it. It really just describes how you can't describe the thing you're trying to describe. Mm. It's like you're trying to put words to something that can only be experienced. And those of us have had very deep spirit, spiritual experiences. It's like, how do you put, if you've never had an orgasm, how do you explain it to someone who's never had one? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's impossible. It feels really good. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and so for me, that was really the point that was like, Oh, now being alive makes more sense to me. I'm not as depressed or sad or disconnected. There is a way to enlightenment or happiness. Or And again, a lot of it for me at the time was like, oh, it's like outside of my body. And it's this 
you know, astral traveling and all these other things. And now, you know, all these years later and having been initiated deep into Kriya Yoga and explored other lineages, uh, had had a very, you know, Ashtanga and like Kriya and very, these kind of rigid practices. And now the practice, if you've ever experienced pyramid breath, <laughs> you know, it's wild and crazy and very embodied and tantric and, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's all about being in the body, like the whole blessing gift point that I believe uh, uh, you know, is being here is, is to actually be in the body and to be fully present and not seek to escape this experience, but rather make this experience the most magnificent, most deep, profound, incredible, sacred, sensual, you know, express, creative, and that there's no other place to be. Mm-hmm. That this there's no mistake that, you know, which for me was like a huge realization that this is the place to be. And to live from that place and to give from that place, to share from that place. And one of my favorite things to say is it's better together. You know, it's like those of us who've had the chance to practice, whether you're doing yoga or working out or meditating or doing breath work, whatever, with other people eating with other people is better together. Right. And so the energy gets expanded and accentuated. And um, so for me, it's really come down to how can I advance myself? And also my fellow beings on a path of being embodied and expressed so that these short little lives that we live here can feel like forever and can feel the depth of everything that is available to us. Not being afraid of the contractions, not being afraid of the expansions, not being afraid of our darkness, our light, knowing that it's all here for us to create with in a way that it can benefit all beings. And uh, that's where we are today. And that's what feels good to me. (laughs) I love those answers. And yeah, it's beautiful how both of your spiritual paths have brought you to really like what is in this here and now present embodied experience. And yeah, Rachel, it's interesting to hear that part of your story and I'm curious, like, was there like a sisterhood wound? Was there a some piece, right? Because you support women so deeply. And I think, I mean, couples as well, I know. But was there a piece that in that journey you were healing within yourself as you stood in front of all these other women and shared yourself vulnerably? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, it was, I think the middle school and high school was like, it's so funny. I spoke about this last night and in a way, I think just like my perception of it was different because of who I am. But if you look back from a different view, you could say that I was bullied in a lot of ways. Um, But I don't see it as that. It was just confusing for me. When I think about that time in my life, the word is always and has always been confusion because I just didn't understand. I remember there were particular experiences like you know, I was on standing next to my best friend and she was on the phone with another girl. And it's like, Rachel's not allowed to come to the party because all the guys will like her and she'll get all the attention and she's not allowed. And it was like, I just was, and I remember thinking right after that, I want to rip my face off. Oh, wow. Feeling like I wanted to just like scratch my face oh. off because I just, and it makes me oh. so emotional because I just wanted to love and I just wanted to be accepted. I just wanted to like play 
And so I made it in a way, you know, in those times, those were the exact moments where I, where I'd invite my girlfriends over and I'd dress them up and I'd make them beautiful and I'd take photos so that they could feel that way about themselves. So they wouldn't in, inflict that on me. Right. And it, and I carried over, you know, in, in high schools, like I, I won, you know, prom queen and it was a really awful night. Oh. And all my friends, like the school voted me that. And I was friends with, I would say, majority of people at school. And that was beautiful. But my immediate friends really did not like it. And mm. that was such an interesting experience to like have like your school vote for you. Cause I really believe, cause I was a nice person. And then to have your immediate friends being like, ugh. And mm. it was so confusing. And then when I came to LA after, after New York, which was incredible. New York was really like, find my, my fellow freaks. You know, we all let our fucking freak flag fly and women like, you know, those, those roommates in college, like were as big as me. And mm. that was the, that's when I met saw and moon and they were like, give me all of you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then coming to LA and just like being in this conversation and being surrounded by women who wanted me, it makes me emotional again, like wanted me at my highest it felt so good. And I was like, this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. This is like, I have to, to, because if, again, if I feel this way, others must. And, and the reason those girls weren't doing anything wrong, they were just inflicting their own pain onto me, yeah. you know? So it's like, it was absolutely 100% healing that. Mm. Well, well, thanks for sharing that. It's mm. touching. So what is something about your relationship that you think no one would know just by looking at you all? Oh, I was, I was, <laughs> the, I think from like an outside, I mean, maybe it's a little bit and like through the, the Instagrams, but like, we are so silly. And so like, we talk in baby voices to each other, like all the time. Not just baby voices, a different accent. Different accent. Okay, Johan, Johan, just give us a little, little, a little something. Yeah. Little, little accent. What kind of accent do you want? I have so many. You know, it's, <laughs> you can, I can smoke and be this crazy creature that can come up and smell. It's you, yeah, I know. The different places. And it's like, this is the clip he, that's going on Instagram. <laughs> he also, like, this is funny because it's just my birthday. Like, he treats me like a baby. And I love it. I'll do like peekaboo games. Like I'll peek-a-boo, be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this one literally, I she thinks it's it. the best thing on the planet. Like, if I don't stop, she'll literally just let me go forever. Oh. She loves yeah. to be a little baby. Which is, I think, there's like that. Like, <laughs> I th- the reason why I think it's interesting is because that's so like part of our, both our, I think, childhood wounds. Like I was so sick as a child that I think that I love being treated like a happy child. And I think mm. that his, a lot of his childhood was stripped from him when he was younger. So we do that. Like we're, we have this, you know, who my baby? Who my baby? Oh. <laughs> you guys are being so right now. 
You're being so generous. Yeah, we're we're very 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 silly, and we're not we're not shy we're about not shy it. about it. Well, and, that is a great that is a great thing to reveal because yeah. I think if someone looked at you, they'd be like, oh my gosh, they're like these gorgeous LA spiritual yeah. teacher, coach, model, actors, and yeah. it's hard to convey. Also, it's not everybody's business, right? Like it's like we yeah. are we can only convey so much when like through a little screen, but it's beautiful like to feel that part of the the soul of your relationship is alive by that silly and playfulness. And I've experienced that being in you all's presence. Like, you know, Johan's sense of humor is definitely a fave. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I say that we laugh a lot. A lot. That's like one of our main love languages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's keeps it. Um, and I think the reason why I picked that is because I, there was a period of time where someone was like, you guys need to, like, he said this to me, he was like, you need to stop doing the baby thing because Johan doesn't like that. And Johan, like, stopped and was like, what do you mean? I love that. So it's like unique to, because I think that someone that can, random said that in your friends, um, one of your friends, not dear, ran, dear friend. a dear friend of ours was holding space for us, which she did meticulously and so beautifully. And we're so grateful. But that particular moment, I think, was just a projection from he didn't see, like it. I see. I see. Um, but it was like a beautiful moment because that it made us both see that we actually love that, which allowed us to like turn the volume up and it just right. like broke up <laughs> that right. like the, ba- the babiness of of like treating each other. Yeah, like little babies and it being like an addition onto our polarity, our ch- chemistry, our connection, our intimacy, not taking away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it feels like not taking everything so seriously, like having as many contexts where yeah. you don't have to take things seriously and that being one of them, like a place for play. I think that is something also that's so private and personal. And I think about it with us, we're constantly dancing in the kitchen and talking in funny voices, some yeah. of which like, are totally not PC and no <laughs> one should <do> ever. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, if somebody is recording this, yeah. um, I want to speak to that. Um, uh, yeah. And I just want to say that, you know, for our audience also, because there's another way to do this, which is belittling, making yes. fun of, yeah. avoiding. And yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. This is, this is, not avoiding if somebody says something serious being like oh you're, you're a little upset right now like that's not what we're talking about right, right? because i used to be that person yes. who would try to avoid uh, and belittle make fun of to use, try to, use, to humor. Skirt, yeah. use humor to skirt what's actually underneath it so that's a that's that is the, the sort of uh the darker side of of that if it's applied in that way and what we're speaking about is just completely being silly and goofy yeah like for you too roxo it's like we there's a affinity i would say for all of us to be in the energy of sacred theater which is just to play and and that that portal is like a portal into different parts of our psyche and and to be able to do that with your partner and with your friends is like I just want to be silly all the time. Like, and, and that silliness can actually be profound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just about making the conscious choices, right? Not using anything, whether it's spirituality or play or sex or, but not using it to avoid or to get away from the heart of things, but to come closer in. Yeah. And I wanted to speak to one more thing and we get this asked, we get this question asked a lot, which is, you know, what's you guys' secret sauce? Like, how do you, you know, what's the thing that keeps you guys 
in a really, really good place and so forth and so forth and growing. And what it is for us and it, it is for our clients and what we're teaching in the world as well as create a practice, create a practice, basically a ritual that you do every day as a couple, as a couple. Also, yeah. individually, you may have your own rituals, which is not being on your phone, you know, watching TV, uh, distracting yourself, but rather something that is your anchor to the divine, anchor to the connection, to intimacy, to safety, to learning, to expanding, to not being afraid of contractions when they happen. Mm. And and I would say that that's the biggest thing that we always say to people is like, create that ritual, create that practice that it becomes so normal and so automatic that you don't even think about, yeah. oh, I'm going to do breath work or meditate for 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever minutes, or you can do a gratitude practice or intimacy or, practice or, or ceremony or whatever, whatever it is for yeah. you. There's so many different ways to do it. You know, it's so important in today's world to create that touchstone because otherwise there's so much that is just vying for our attention. That is not that. And as we know, human beings have a five to one negativity bias. So we'll be attracted to scrolling and, you know, doom scrolling and news and this and that and negativity and all the things. And you'll just get lost in it. Like it'll win. Right. So it's so important to commit to having your rituals and practices. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, just like a little bit about what that looks like for you all. If you're open to sharing that, like how long you all take, how often, what are the components? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this, it's definitely like one of the main, if not the, the, the foundation of our relationship. And it's been that way from, from the beginning. That's how we started. Our relationship was, I was initiated into Korea. He had been practicing and we met for the first time in practice on the beach. And that's been, you know, our daily, we sit, I would say pretty much every single day, unless we're on a, you know, six, a.m. flight and then we'll still do our best to like sneak in even if it's five minutes it's really you know the the main work main ones are definitely our you know meditation and breath work because going back to what we just talked about it's this you know pyramid breath is such a playful and cathartic way to get out um the sillies and to get out the shit you know because you're like having a shaking and a screaming every day so that pent-up stuff that you're holding has a place for it to go and i think as a couple that is like monumental because so much gets uh like trapped in our bodies and especially when we're busy and we're working we're like i'm gonna leave it for leave it i'll I'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get and then months go by and we have this daily practice every day where we sit we shake we scream we Mm -hmm. you know we feel orgasmic pleasure and we like it's like a reset to our system it's it's you know most people know this when we speak to each other it's mostly you know mind to mind and but it's like five percent and yeah. the, the the 95 the body language you know is holding all the unsaid things and so you're like what you're saying to me is not congruent with what i'm feeling you know coming from you and so this practice is is so powerful to to aligning the brain body connection psychology yeah. physiology so that that energy gets cleared and gets put into space so then you can speak to it a lot easier another thing that we do daily is a gratitude practice, acknowledgement practice, where we, you know, conjure into being uh, what's to come, acknowledge what's already here, really magnify it. And again, tackling the five to one negativity bias and making it five to one positivity bias, right? So really focusing our energy to what's going right in our lives. Yeah. 
how we celebrate each other, how we're grateful for this and that. We we, we yeah. thank each other. Yeah. Countless, countless times, times each day. You know, yeah. thank you for doing this. You know, you're so amazing. Thanks yeah. for cooking the meal. Thanks for putting away the you dish. You look so sexy. Like, I, like yes. it's just a, it's a, it's an avid thing. And I would say in that gratitude practice, like we, we make it very um, embodied and visceral. Like we get like high off of doing it because mm. we get really into it and it's become, we've been doing it for, I would say nine years now. Mm. And it's so, such a thing that I enjoy that even when there's resistance, because there is, you know, I would say specifically for me, um, once you get into it, there's this like sort of vortex of energy that takes over, you know, it's like a communion with the divine, the same way that our pra- that our breath work and meditation practices. And Johan is such a steward of this practice. And it is mm. such a game changer because everything that, you know, we've been grateful for like five years ago, is like happening now, which is so yeah. cool to see. We're like, oh my God, like we created this. This is so cool. Yeah, future gratitude is one of our favorite things to do and then see it come into yeah, the we we're like, Yes, yeah. I love that too. For people that are listening and like, wow, that sounds like a full-time job. How long do you I how long do you take every day to do those things? Mm. Uh our practice is usually, I would say our average uh breathwork meditation practice is about 35 minutes. Okay. Yes. Some days 35. Most days I would say it's 35. Some days it's 10, 15. Yeah. That's rare. Uh, the, I have a breathwork channel for pyramid breath. So it's like I do shorter ones as well. But usually if I record we, yeah. a shorter one, we might just we always, keep going yeah, off try camera. Because we like to, we love sitting so much. Yeah. And then mm. I would say gratitude. We do it oftentimes when we're walking. Yeah. We take a, or mm. if we're driving. Somewhere. Yeah. And so mm. that, and you go, on, on like we take 20 minutes at yeah. a time sometimes more yeah and obviously it could just be less as well because the feeling is so juicy and and the you know the little hack or a trick for folks who want to try this at home is is when do you, your partner or your friend is going don't just sit there silently be like woohooing i'm yessing them being oh, like, yeah, yes yeah yes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so you're 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 also involved in creating that vibration, yeah. that change, and and, and and you can feel it. You you're can like, feel it. Whoa, it's so like much. Combine it with something that is like, you know, we love to take a walk, or we love, you know, if we're driving in the car, or if we're, we're like, you know, yeah. doing something in the interim. Um, it's yeah, it's man. It makes like a two-hour hike feel like you've been on a hike for fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's the best thing. I'm like obsessed with it. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing and, that. And, and, and I would say one more thing. Yeah. It's really important for especially people that are couples. And you know, especially if you have kids, especially if you're busy, schedule time for intimacy. Yeah, yeah, schedule yeah. time for sex. Yeah, we're schedule literally advocates put that. it on the freaking calendar, yeah. people. Because if you don't, guess what? You're gonna find so many reasons. Yeah, not to. You know, where and you prioritize what's more important. And so for us, there's been periods in our life where like, when's the last time we had sex? We're like, okay, this is not okay. Yeah. And 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 now we schedule it and when it when it gets really crazy and yeah. when it's not, it's just in there. But and again, there's no right or wrong way to but, go but putting, about it. Putting but that like we making it a priority. We are like main main priorities in life in general to feed everything that we do. Number one is our practice. I would say number two is sex and intimacy and creating that container because we know that when those two things are in place, everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's definitely been something that I've re like reestablished my connection to. And I sort of like times like, cause he's been really good at initiating in the past. And I've just been birthed into my initiator in the last couple of years of like, it's a non-negotiable because when we're connecting sexually, it, the rest of the life of our life is being fed by that energy. Cause I got the magic stick. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Not kidding. There's that little humor from your. Thank you for sharing those, those like sub special sauce things. And I think that's important for people to also know. It's just like, we're busy people, especially when you run businesses, you're serving people all day. You know, you have to find the time of the day that works for you. People are we're traveling and all of that. And that, I mean, scheduling in practice, scheduling in sex, scheduling in exercise, it's not, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't mean that it's less like romantic or, um, yeah, no, we were all laying around on a beach. Sucks. What? Tired sex sucks. Like if you're not scheduling yeah. it in uh, when you're yeah, both only feel, waiting till the nighttime. You know, like... Yeah. Or like early morning when you like, you know, super stressed or busy or like late at night when you're exhausted, it's going to suck yeah. and not yeah. in a good way, you know? So it's like, yeah. Make sure you schedule it into a spot of the day when you're like, ooh, this is going to, we're going to be energized and excited and, yeah. and make it fun. Make it a game. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think it's shameful to to do it to what you were saying. I yeah. think it's a really important thing. Like yeah. there's no shame in, in creating that time. Same way, like you said, doing working out or like, you know, doing a practice. Like it's, I think it's really wonderful and healthy when we make it a priority. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Mm. Tell us about what you've got going on and how people can find you and work with you. Thank you so much. This was delicious. I'm like, when, whenever we do this, I'm like, we could just chit chat for free. I know. I literally only did five questions, but that's what happens. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, for, for those of us who are interested in getting deeper into the practice, we are doing a Pyramid Breath teacher training starting at the end of February, February 25th, 25th, I think, or something around there uh-huh. and we're really excited um this is i think that's the base of our recognizing that this is one of the main pillars of our lives and our relationship mm. and it's such a fun easy uh practice that you can do every day that is so deep and profound so we're really really excited to hold that space mm. and give people an opportunity to learn and be able to teach themselves so our goal is for everyone in the world to practice pyramid breath that's right. <laughs> and about this uh foundational training is it's all online yeah completely supported uh you can get videos for life and um it's really for you know whether you're a doctor or you're a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a coach or a teacher or just a practitioner or just want to you know deepen your practice like it's for everyone to be able to feel really confident and embodied in the practice and get free yeah because ultimately the point of the practice is that you free yourself first yeah. right and then we give other people permission put on, to be put on free. your mask first yeah uh, rather take off the mask Take off your mask first. Oh yeah, true story. Oh, Let's make sure. So good. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And uh and and other than that, we have some retreats coming up yeah. as well. And we have um lots of retreats in Europe. Yes. Oh, awesome. And, and yeah. We have our amazing containers for couples, uh, for intimate work and, and individuals as well, that we're just excited to support people in, in their opening. And um, did I miss anything? No. We'll put yeah. all of the links in the show notes so that people can find all of that and find you on yeah. Instagram and look at your websites and all of that. 
Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your funny accents and baby voices and the breakdown <laughs> and the rebuild of your marriage. It was all very, very generous. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much, my love. So Thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo. And you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review. Give us a five-star rating. All that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.